Welcome to the Hogan Levels False Claims Act podcast series. These episodes will focus on many important cases and issues that have surfaced in 2020, shaping False Claims Act enforcement today and in the years to come. In this six-part podcast series, our lawyers will analyze some key developments to help you prepare if the government comes calling with tough questions. In 2020, financial institutions settled several False Claims Act or FCA cases involving allegations that they failed to comply with Federal Housing Administration or FHA rules regulating federally insured mortgage programs. Reliance on the False Claims Act to enforce these regulations had been slowing, but with an expected uptick in overall FCA enforcement activity, we expect this reliance on the FCA to reemerge. My name is David Bastian. I'm a senior associate in Hogan Lovell's Boston office. Here to explain why and what this means for financial institutions is Stephanie Yanakura. Stephanie is a partner in our Los Angeles office, and she leads the global investigations, white collar, and fraud practice at Hogan Lovell's. Also joining us today is Jennifer Breckbill. Jennifer is a senior associate in Hogan Lovell's Washington, D.C. office, and she helps businesses navigate an ever-changing legal landscape and has experience in internal investigations, government investigations, civil litigation, and compliance counseling. For those of you listening, we are recording this podcast in our homes in light of COVID-19 social distancing guidelines. Now, Stephanie, I'd like to start with you. Let's first give our listeners a bit of background. The Federal Housing Administration was created in 1934 in the wake of the Great Depression. Today, it is the largest insurer of residential mortgages in the world. The FHA introduced low down payments and longer repayment periods to help prevent foreclosures. How popular has this been, historically speaking, for financial institutions looking to provide these types of mortgages? How rigorous are these standards? Thanks, David. Uh, With respect to the popularity of FHA insured loans, it was actually very popular. Uh, the, The mortgage rate that it provided and the low down payments that it allowed made it a very popular way for first-time homebuyers to purchase homes. In the late 1990s and early 2000s, FHA loans were very popular. Um, And in fact, David, when I started as a federal prosecutor in 2001, it was actually as a HUD SAUSA, Special Assistant United States Attorney, to prosecute FHA-insured loan fraud. So in fact, David, with respect to that time period, FHA loans were very prevalent and uh, FHA was monitoring the use of those loans and prosecuting fraud as it related to those loans. Now let's move forward to the 2008 recession and the fact that the subprime mortgage crisis caused the housing bubble to burst and the abandonment of many of these mortgages by the homeowners and um, borrowers. So with that uh, came more stringent standards uh, and made the mortgages less prevalent. And with respect to uh, those standards that exist now post-2008 recession, the real risk that DOJ would prosecute lenders uh, and the lack of transparency in the program standard has had the effect of deterring lenders from originating FHA-insured loans. But this is a phenomenon that has been post-2008 recession. Thank you, Stephanie. And Jen, I'd like to bring you into the conversation at this point. Now, until recently, FCA enforcement actions were the primary tool employed by the U.S. Department of Justice, or DOJ, to punish lenders that failed to comply with FHA rules and regulations. How successful have these enforcement actions historically been? 
Oh, they've been very successful. From 2009 through 2016 alone, DOJ recovered more than $7 billion in FCA settlements and judgments relating to housing and financial fraud. Um, but it's, it's useful to keep in mind that the FCA isn't the only tool in DOJ's toolkit. So one of the ways that DOJ has gone after lenders is through the Financial Institutions Reform, Recovery, and Enforcement Act, or FIREA, which it often uses in conjunction with the FCA. So, for example, in 2017, um, DOJ entered into an $89 million settlement with Financial Freedom, which is a large bank lender to resolve allegations that it violated both the FCA and FIREA. And that was in connection with its reverse mortgage program. So we can expect DOJ to continue to use the FCA to target financial institutions, but in conjunction with the other tools that it has at its disposal. Thanks, Jen. And in October 2019, in an effort to encourage lenders to once again participate in FHA lending program, DOJ and the Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD, issued a Memorandum of Understanding, also known as an MOU, outlining a new approach to FCA enforcement. Jen, can you explain the background of this MOU a little bit more and also tell us what impact it has had uh, on the number of cases we've seen? Absolutely. So the MOU was issued by former Attorney General Barr and HUD, and it set forth guidance on the appropriate use of the FCA for violations by FHA lenders. And in particular, it announced that FHA lending requirements would be enforced primarily through HUD's administrative proceeding process. But it did caution that DOJ and HUD would continue to coordinate to determine whether the facts and circumstances of certain defects in FHA-insured mortgage loans warrant enforcement through the FCA. It prescribes new standards for when HUD may refer a matter for FCA enforcement, and it also set forth guidelines on how HUD and DOJ would cooperate during the investigative, litigation, and settlement phases of FCA matters. So, what does that mean for the impact? The intended impact of the MOU is twofold. First, to bring greater clarity to the regulatory expectations within the FHA program. And second, to encourage lenders to participate in FHA lending programs. And to date, it's true that DOJ has brought fewer new FCA lawsuits against financial institutions for originating unqualified FHA insured loans. But that being said, we do expect enforcement to increase across the board with the new Biden administration. So we should be on the lookout to see how the new political leadership, both at DOJ and FHA, may affect the MOU that developed under the Trump administration. Now, this change comes at a pretty crucial time where financial institutions are distributing more than $500 billion in Paycheck Protection Program loans, also known as the PPP, and another $3.7 billion in Main Street Lending Program loans. Stephanie, does this create a new FCA risk for lenders, and what are some of your main concerns or your clients' concerns on that front? 
it certainly does create new FCA risks, Dave. Uh, the CARES Act established, um, like you said, both the PPP program and the Main Street Lending Program, which is also referred to as the MSLP. And the PPP loans in particular have been extremely popular. Uh, we don't know yet the extent of the FCA risk that accompanies participation in those programs, but what is clear is that DOJ is committed to enforce actions against perpetrators of COVID-19 related fraud. Uh, DOJ took steps to collect and share tips with other government agencies. Let's not forget that the CARES Act itself established a special inspector general for pandemic recovery and DOJ appointed a coronavirus fraud coordinator in each judicial district uh, and appointed numerous statewide and regional COVID-19 fraud task force. So they're covering the gamut to make sure that any COVID-related fraud uh, gets investigated and prosecuted. While the Small Business Administration has indicated that it will hold harmless any lender that relies on PPP borrower documents and attestations from borrowers, lenders are required to confirm that borrowers have submitted proper documentation. So my main concern would be uh, that lenders could face significant FCA risks if they ignore red flags of fraud by borrowers, fail to collect the required documentation, or more broadly fail to comply with anti-money laundering rules, which PPP rules specifically specify that all lenders must have in place. And Jen, looking ahead, how are you advising your clients on some of these issues we've been discussing today? We're advising our clients to make sure they have a system of strong internal controls in place with respect to both the PPP and MSLP programs, and to be attuned specifically to those red flags that Stephanie just described. you know, the, the DOJ HUD MOU does appear to have slowed the flood of FCA cases in the mortgage industry, at least for now. But the scope of new FCA risk facing financial institutions as a result of participation in the PPP and the MSLP programs is still unclear. So going forward, absent a clear policy statement from DOJ, We are going to have to track DOJ's actions over the next year to really understand the degree to which DOJ is going to use the FCA as a vehicle for policing both of these new programs. In the meantime, it's about working with our clients to create those strong compliance programs and internal controls. Stephanie, do you have any final thoughts that uh, you'd like to share with us? Everyone should also remember that there are other regulators to consider as well, including the Small Business Administration, as I talked about earlier, the Securities Exchange Commission, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, all of which are not bound by the DOJ HUD MOU. Uh, It's looking at those same agencies that were active during the um, aftermath of the 2008 recession. Ultimately, banks are likely to continue to be a favorite target for investigations and prosecutions, but will continue to monitor the landscape carefully to see how enforcement evolves, particularly with this new and potentially more active administration. 
Great. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And I'd like to thank you both for joining me today. It's been a very insightful and helpful conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in any of the issues raised during this podcast, we would love to discuss them in more depth. Please feel free to reach out to any of our podcast participants to talk through any questions or comments you may have. For additional analysis on this topic and others around the FCA, please download our latest publication, False Claims Act 2020 Guide and the Road Ahead from HoganLevels.com.